Hi, this is Shauna, the CEO and founder of Fuel Talent. One of the things I have loved most in my 25-year recruiting career has always been the stories that people tell. Stories of leadership, career choices, company ideas, and team building. My inspiration for starting the What Fuels You podcast came from being curious about people's lives and wanting to help share their stories. What path brought them to this place? What decisions did they make that led to failures and successes? Who influenced those decisions and what lessons were learned along the way? I hope you enjoy the What Fuels You podcast. Today's guest on the What Fuels You podcast is Shahar Plinner. Shahar is the co-founder and CEO of Formations and a tax guru and entrepreneur with over 15 years of experience in the field. He is an advocate for the self-employed and helps them stop the overpayment of taxes and keep their hard-earned money for better consumption, investment, and retirement. Shahar has managed thousands of clients, tax returns, business structures, and S-corps. And before he founded Formations, he built a successful tax accounting practice in Seattle, serving over 3,500 customers. Shahar is married with three amazing children. Welcome, Shahar. So good to see you. See you, Shahar. So I'm going to hit you with some rapid fire. Ready? Ready. Okay. Since you just got back from Israel and you're Israeli, I'm so curious, falafel or shawarma? Uh, Shawarma. Oh, I'm all falafel all day. Yeah. Shawarma. Yeah. Um, what is the most beautiful or, or beach that you frequent the most in Israel? Uh, Israel has few uh, kind of great beaches. Uh, I think the one in, in, in Herzliya, you know, it's just uh, close by, uh, White Sand Beach, great amenities mainly around, you know, food, restaurant, drinks. So, Do you know that I have not been there? Um, what's your favorite way to stay in shape? Um, running and swimming, but uh, as I told you before, I hurt my shoulder a little bit over playing some racquetball, so uh, I mainly run now. Yeah, so tell me, what's your favorite way to unwind and relax? Um, family, it's a big one, you know. We have uh, so Ortal and I have three kids, so 12, 11, and four. Um, so the four years old is definitely, you know, our treat at the moment, kind of with the older kids. So Ben is, is our, uh, kind of go-to when we need some time off. He's a great, uh, inspiration and, uh, uh, has a good kind of mood. Um, but outdoor, just being outdoor as an Israeli, you know, just growing outdoor, just being outdoor every, every, uh, moment that we can just be out of the house, either hiking or just being in the nature, uh, it, it's a good kind of relaxation for me. Yeah. And so tell me, what's the very first thing you do when you wake up? Uh, checking my emails. Oh, yeah. I don't know. They say that's not, I do the same and they say that's what you're not supposed to do. Supposed I actually to get my coffee too. Yeah, I hate it. Uh, we have a, yeah, coffee is definitely, we have a coffee machine at home. So we usually kind of, the coffee is kind of, you know, a ceremony, traditional in the morning or the night kind of sitting and, and drinking and have kind of a catch up before the day starts. But bad habit, checking my phone, and uh, we're working a lot with uh, international and overseas. So waking up in the morning, my inbox is already full, uh, but bad, bad habit. And if you have any recommendations how to get rid of that habit, happy to. It's impossible. I think you have to just, I mean, I've been told to sleep with the phone in like another room and I can't do it. I check it even in the middle of the night sometimes when I wake up. You know, I stopped checking emails over like yeah. in the middle of the night. Uh, but first thing in the morning, waking up, checking the stock market. 
Yeah. Then, uh... Oh, I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So tell me what's a bucket list vacation spot place you want to go visit? Uh, wow. Uh, we plan actually in December of 20. So we planned on December, 2020. Uh, going to Australia, which, you know, we canceled because of COVID. So definitely Australia and kind of the other part of, of the world is definitely a, a place we want to go. Uh, Africa is on our uh, on our bucket list. Uh, maybe the Burmitzvah, you know, for the kids mm, to do a safari so cool. or something. Uh, and always Europe. You know, Europe is always fun for us. Um, my mom turning 80 in a week. Um, so we're playing, uh, going skiing with my parents in Morzin, which is an hour out of Geneva in February. So, you know, hope that everybody will be healthy and the sky will be open so we can actually go. But this is kind of my next uh, big trip, you know, five, six days in, in, in Switzerland it. and France. So that'll be amazing. Okay. So if you could have any skill, which one would you choose? Wow. Uh, I want to be invisible. <laughs> so that you could what so i can just disappear you know Aww. that's right it's not about uh kind of me watching others it's more about me just uh being there but just uh you know cannot seen so ah. sometimes i just need some some quiet interesting to disappear. interesting yeah. i'm super excited to get into your childhood so you were raised in israel where exactly in israel so we are uh, so my parents live in a city called Petah Tikva, which is about 10-15 minutes outside of Tel Aviv. It's kind of the big uh, Tel Aviv metropolitan. Um, uh, I'm not sure if I have like, you know, sad crying stories. I kind of grew up in a, a middle class, you know, family. I have two older brothers. I'm the youngest out of three. So I've kind of, you know, my nickname is kind of the prince. You know, I was always the prince. Of the <laughs> You're family. the baby. I'm the baby. Always the prince is coming from Seattle. You know, it's kind of, you know, every time I'm coming back home now, it's, you know, it's a big ceremony. Is the whole family still in Israel? Yeah, everybody. So wow. um, two of my older brothers, my parents, uh, yeah. or Tal's family. So yeah. And what, what were you into when you were little? Like, what was your um, way of having fun, way of staying engaged and... I think I, I was very social. Um, so friends were always around me, both boys and girls. Um, I had a girlfriend, you know, in uh, middle school, uh, which was a big mistake. I don't recommend anybody to have a girlfriend in middle school, for sure, not for six years, you know, with uh, <laughs> taking some of uh, of the fun of middle school and, 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 and high school, uh, but always were around friends and social and being outdoor. I was playing basketball all the way until high school. Uh, I'm not big enough. I'm only, you know, six foot in a good day. Um, so, but I was, I was very talented, but not big enough. Uh, but social always kind of distracted me. So, you know, when I had to commit more, to be a little bit more professional, I always pull back kind of to social. Uh, I was in a drama class, um, kind of in, in acting. Uh, I think it's, it's definitely a talent that I'm taking with me um kind of learning how not to fear from the crowd or be comfortable around people uh, so i think it's a it's a good lesson uh, because it was it was for me the foundation of, of kind of my future 
uh, career as part of networking and working with people. You're great at it. I've been in situations where I've seen you and yeah, you're very comfortable in a crowd. I think it's coming from really early age of of being, again, one, the the third out of um, my, my, my older brother is 11 years older than me. So I think he's just gaining confidence around adults all the time. So I was yeah. very comfort, com- comfortable speaking to adults and, and being around. Uh, but then yeah. again, drama classes and act, uh, acting classes and, and uh, being very social. This was kind of my, my most of my youth. Uh, right. And do you remember what you wanted to be when you were little? Did you have an idea of like, oh, when I'm big, if I could be successful, it would look like X, Y, Z. I can tell you what, what I... I, I, I I was sure that I don't want to be, and uh, I'm coming from a family-owned business. And as I continued to grow, uh, I was kind of pulling into the family-owned business with 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 not so much of my decision. Uh, and I hated every day of that, and I couldn't mm. wait to be out of the business. What kind of business is it's it? A, it's an insurance business, so it's very kind of demanding and. Uh, my dad is a character, you know, is being part of the insurance industry for, I don't know, 50 years is in kind of very old school, you know, still wearing a suit to the office, still going to the office now, age 82, uh, wearing a suit in a 90 days of, of 90 Fahrenheit, you know, yeah. uh, where he got the briefcase, got yeah. the briefcase, kind of all of the, you know, the, 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 the hardcore managing an office, you yeah. know, is, is so you didn't want to be in the family business. Did you have a sense of like what direction you wanted to take? Um, I knew that I want to be around people. I want to do something with people. Um, I was not sure if it's running a pizza place or if it was, you know, something more professional. But it was always around people. Mm-hmm. Um, so and were you a good student? It was school kind of your thing, or yeah, not? It was so okay. You know, I'm. I'm I, things came, you know, very naturally and easy for me. I, I, you know, if I was just put a little bit more effort, it'd probably be better. But again, as I told you, I was very distracted with social. So as I continue mm-hmm. to grow up in high school years, it's kind of the most active, you know, in my opinion, social mm-hmm. years. So it just kind of, you know, took me away a little bit of of school. But yeah, graduate school, graduate high school. Um, got into a great college in Israel. Um, mm-hmm. So overall, again, uh, is it called Reich, Reichman? How do you now it's it? it's a, an official university, Reichman. But at the time, it was the first private college in Israel, the IDC, okay. the interdisciplinary uh, center. So it started mm. as a private college, and literally two months ago, I think they uh, got the, the the university kind of mm-hmm. title. So now it become. The Reichman University, because it's uh, Professor uh, Uriel Reichman is the one that uh, founded that. Uh, It was a great experience. Who was kind of directing you through all of that? Because I mean, I obviously I was raised here, not in Israel. What's the process of looking at college? Is it like here where most people go to college? Most people go to college. I don't think there was um, for sure there was no family direction. I think the family direction uh, you know, both of my brothers are attorneys. Both of my sister-in-laws are attorneys. Or one of my sisters, mm, actually, she's fun, fun family she's, dinners. She's a judge. Um, <laughs> so there was always, you know, the push around, you know, uh, study a real occupation. Uh, so become an attorney. You know, there was always something to do with. But again, it's uh, it's 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 not what I I, yeah. I like. Talk to. about not in front of people. That's like paperwork. Yeah. So I went and studied business, uh, business and finance. I was always mm-hmm. kind of, you know, naturally good with numbers, uh, but there's no really direction. And I think that um, lacking that 
part, maybe just for me, family-wise, my, my parents were, I don't know, doing some other things and I was kind of the youngest. So I'm not sure if it was yeah. in their top of mind, you know, um, but. Um, the, yeah, the prince, the prince had it made because you got the social skills, you got all the yeah. athletic prowess. Yeah, the prince had <laughs> to kind, figure what, out things for the himself. The prince had to you know? figure it yeah. out. How did you end up coming to the U.S.? Like, where, how old were you when you ended up coming? So I was part of the business, you know, I, I, you know, um, by nature, you know, I was putting into the business. So it was 2005 uh, when I actually ended up in military reserve service. So I was in the military. So once you graduate 18 uh, high school in Israel, you are drafted to the army. So the Israeli army, it's a mandatory service, three years. So I joined the army in November of, of 1995, all the way until 98. And then um, in 2005, I was in, in reserve. Uh, spending about a month, uh, you know, outside uh, home, kind of, you know, in 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 the military environment, scenery, and I had a lot to think about, kind of my future. And the second I came back home, I told my dad, "That's it, you know, decision made. I'm out of the business." Uh, surprisingly, he was very supportive, and you know, uh, encouraged me to find, you know, my my new way in life. Uh, and then I got introduced through his accountant to a guy that has tax practices in the U.S. And when he and I met, it was kind of all what I want. You know, it was an experience away from home. It was um, on finance. Um, start talking to me about taxes. I got it. I see taxes, you know, uh, uh, super easy for me. And it's working with people, working with people, mm -hmm. helping people uh, democratize, you know, uh, complicated concept and help people to navigate, you know, taxes. Uh, you can make a lot of money. There's opportunities. So I was sold. So, so you came straight to Seattle? Straight from Tel Aviv to Kirkland, you know? This is probably a, such an embarrassingly ignorant question, but like, how did the taxes work in Israel versus the U.S.? So Israel is a social country, you know, so... Uh, taxes are are high because you get you know free healthcare and most of education is is subsidized uh, subsidized so um, tax system is 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 super aggressive you know if you're ending up lower than fifty percent tax you're lucky um, so both as a self employed both as a as an employee or as an employer you know heavily taxed kind of state. Um, and then you move to the US. Yeah, it's a complicated system, but so, so complicated, much, so complicated, but so much uh, 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 opportunistic for um, the taxpayers uh, to plan. Yeah. Uh, I always say that, you know, the tax code is kind of the map and you just need to find the right ways. Someone to really understand the tax code and help you to navigate through the complexity uh, so we'll speak a little bit later about you know formations and gpl but this was kind of the mission the mission was hey i have a yeah. unique knowledge and i would love to share it with the world and if i can monetize mm. it and make money out of it you know oh know. yeah so you came from tel aviv to kirkland to work with this person they hired you yeah. and and you worked for them as kind of did they mentor you and kind of teach you the business yeah so we started kind of in israel back in israel in in june of 2005 we start like a, a, a internal education. They have like you know like a curriculum that they uh, teach people for six months how to become preparers or how to become consultants. At the same time, Orten and I got married, you know. So it was uh, a September wedding, and then November I took off. 
So she stayed in Israel for another month just to sell the apartment, sell the goods and everything. And she moved here in January of 2006. Uh, wow. Yeah, and I started working for, uh, for the dude uh, in a small practice in, in Kirkland. It was a new acquisition. They just purchased the practice in, in Juanita, in north of Kirkland. And they brought me kind of to manage it. Um, so I took over. That's amazing. Yeah, so I took over the practice in January of 2006. So 2006 January was kind of, you know, my first tax season. Wow. And when did you realize that you kind of had an entrepreneurial bug and you wanted to kind of start your own? Because you started GPL, right? Yeah. So GPL started in 2010. So in 2006, you know, when, when I started kind of, you know, uh, um, running the show because I was the only, only person here, you know, I had a couple of employees. Um, I kind of figure out that one, I see taxes, so it's super easy for me. Second, I love kind of the interaction with people, both the team and the customers and the processes and the efficiency that they start kind of pulling into the practice, just uh, paying in, in big bucks. You know, he's happy, my boss, I'm happy, I'm making more money. I see kind of what's the path of growing the practice even more, but it was constant uh, uh, collision or constant argument with my with my boss, you know, with the founder of the business. I wanted to take a direction that I saw that there's way more opportunities to make money. And he was very narrow focus about the segment uh, that we are servicing. Uh, mm. And in 2009, you know, I just, it was enough for me. Um, also, there was some internal issues. They've been doing some, you know, in taxes, there is kind of this line that you need to be really, really strong not to cross. And once you kind of draw the line in, in the sand or whatever, you know, uh, 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 steps beyond that line can be, you know, a free fall from a cliff. You right. Be really careful. And they, they, these guys, you know, have been practicing for 25 years uh, and they've been very, very aggressive, very, very, very aggressive to the point that it starts making some issues. Uh, mm -hmm. And again, I don't mind to be aggressive. I don't mind to put kind of the customer in the middle, but I would never put the customer in a risk. And they basically didn't think about the customers. They thought about themselves. So yeah. with the fact that he didn't want to go my direction, which is fine, you know, it's his business. I totally understand it now. And the fact that there was some, some risk factors, real risk factors for myself, for the family, for my existing or my future, you know, uh, staying in the U.S., I decided to just go on my own. Yeah. So you started GPL and that you run a really successful tax accounting and advisory. Yep. It's like, um, who were some, I know you, I read in the intro, 3,500 customers. What was the hardest part of getting that business going? Because clearly this, this business comes naturally to you. Was it about customer acquisition? Was it about hiring employees? Like what's the hardest part of starting up that type of business? So the hardest part for me specifically in that specific situation was the fact that we opened the shop, we opened basically the first office, the Bellevue office in January uh, 1st of 2010. Mm, and, terrible time. Yeah. And in January 29, 29 days later, I've been served with my mm. previous employer for non-compete non and non-soliciting. And these guys, as I'm telling you, you know, they've been, you know, now I can tell you they've been crooks because they've been indicted after and they've been serving some time in jail. Mm. Uh, but at the time, they basically, they went after me directly, you know, for personal reasons. It, it, mm. it went off the business to be super personal. And mm. for uh, almost 18 months, until about June of 2021, uh, kind of Ortal and I had to fight for our life 
and at oh, the same geez. time grow the business at the same time we had two babies at the same time I did my MBA uh, at the same time you need to fun times the fun. craziest time of your life the crazy so one of the craziest time of my life you know um, but I was so confident at my ability to create my own reality and I think this is part of my theme in life you know uh, institutionals and processes and procedures and bureaucracy at the end of the day everything is uh, created by human so if everything is created by human everything can be you know like uh, undone, undone by by human. yeah so I was yeah. so you know I was depend on my attorney's advice and I was depend on some consultant whatever but at the end of the day we've been running the show or Tal and I we've been running the show we've been the, the people kind of you know the 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 run all of the strategy and it paid off again it took some some time it was super mm-hmm. painful um but at the same time I think we came strong I, I always say it's the extra curriculum that you didn't that you don't study at MBA you know it was yeah. a life lesson um but from business perspective I think hiring is the hardest part I think you don't realize like I had this kind of perception that I'm opening the door and I'm going to be the best employer ever and people will just, you know, line up and, you know, and I will like Molly Bloom ice cream, you know, and I will just <laughs> have to go and pick up, you know, the talent that I want. And unfortunately, it's not so much like that, you know. So I think hiring was a, a lesson uh, yeah. for us, yeah. sure. So where is the business GPL stand now? And what gap did you see in the market that inspired you to start formations? So I'm an insider into the tax and accounting world, but I'm an outsider as I'm not a CPA. Um, I'm what to call an unenrolled. You know, I'm, I'm not a CPA. I'm not an EA. Uh, I'm a tax master. I'm a tax guru. I'm someone that, that see and understand taxes and passionate about it. Uh, but as such, we could not establish, you know, a CPA firm, nor I wanted to establish a CPA firm. So we always wanted to be kind of categorized as a consulting, you know, boutique consulting, tax and accounting, that most uh, responsible for tax planning and, and execution and strategy, less about the preparation. Um, and as such, you know, it was always for me a uh, discussion that um, GPL is just an accelerator for me. You know, it's a way for me to start uh, being an entrepreneur in the new, in the US, but I always knew that in my journey for the next 10 years, my 10 years mission was to find something next for me. And as a high net individual consultant, you know, I was dealing with people in Tel Aviv, in Seattle, in the Bay Area, and always people say, hey, Shahar, come work with me on real estate, come work with me on that investment, let's open a startup here. And I always kind of, you know, in the essentialism, I kind of, you know, uh, uh, explore the opportunity and kill it immediately because real estate, who wants to talk to buildings? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a people person. I want to speak to people and just working for someone else or, or just do, you know, a, a venture with someone always come back to the industry because I think that there is so much opportunity in the tax and accounting because it's so old, old-fashioned, fragmented, arcade. You know, unfortunately, the, the industry is aging. You know, 25% of, of CPA will, will, will retire the next five years and another 25% will retire the next 10 years. So, so it's a very aging industry and a very compliant-driven, not customer 
uh, experience focus. So for me, it was great to continue and shape uh, the industry, but I was always on a mission to find what's next for me. And in 2016, you know, after being in GPL for uh, uh, six years and the business kind of established and we built foundation for management and leadership and, and, and functions in the business, I start kind of making uh, uh, um, some experiments with uh, if we can productize a solution for self-employed. And the idea was that, you know, the, the, the U.S. tax system is geared towards corporation. If you're a corporation or if you're a W-2 employee, part of the corporate world, you're golden. You have solutions, someone is taking care for your taxes, for your benefits, for your overall financial well-being. And self-employed is the only segment that all of that burden is on their shoulders, on their head. Nobody is managing their financials. Nobody is managing their taxes. You know, we're saying that taxes is the largest unmanaged expense of a business. And they don't see it as an expense category. They just see it as a dead end. And it's not a dead end. If you can control and manage taxes like you control and manage your sales and marketing, it becomes a profit center. You can save tens of thousands of dollars every year mm. by being in the right tax structure. And we found out that every time self-employed is coming to the practice, you know, we are creating the same solution and again and again. Over time, kind of the, the next three years between 2016 and 2019, we experiment more and more and more how to make that experience more efficient and more complete and more productized. Um, and then I knew that that's it. It's 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 my so next brilliant. I mean, it's so brilliant. I know you've been targeting um, people who are self-employed specifically right now. I don't know if this is like the targeted segment indefinitely or just is where you're starting, but real estate, creative, business consultants. And when I was preparing for this, I was like, this makes so much sense. Like a any, or even like, I don't know if it's like hairdressers or something, but I'm thinking about all these people who, or, or even, um, I mean, it's endless. I mean, it's kind of like the market is huge for you huge. because people who are doing the thing that they love don't want to spend time doing this and they don't know how. And they just think it's like, it's actually also, I think sometimes an obstacle to people starting out on their own because they're intimidated yeah. and they don't know what to do. So having this business is brilliant. How do you find the businesses to partner with? So early on, you know, we went out of stealth in March of 2020, which was a great time. To Perfect group. timing. So, yeah, out of stealth, the best companies in the world actually established during, you know, crisis time. So uh, uh, if you can succeed and, and navigate and, and be able to pull yourself out of kind of this uh, uh, economic crisis, I think, you know, you'll be able to, to, to take on, on, on everything. Um, early on, we made a kind of a bet that we don't want to go after the freelance market. We don't want to go after kind of the gig economy. We want to go after professional services. And again, it was something that was very close to my heart because it was the audience and the segment that we've been using, uh, uh, servicing in GPL. So I knew everything about them. So for me, it was very easy, you know, to start with that segment. And when we start kind of uh, uh, putting kind of the, what the addressable market, who is the segment that adopt S-Corps kind of the most and real estate agents are, uh, are the segment that adopt real estate, uh, adopt S Corp kind of the fastest or the most, although still in really uh, low percentage. Uh, it's an audience that pick up the phone, you know, for their, for their, for their living. So you can actually oh, yes. call them for sales and they answer. Uh, they're actually under HABs, you know, the Windermere, the Compass, the John L. Scott, uh, uh, the Berkshire Hathaway. So from sales marketing perspective, Uri, my partner, when we start talking about what's the, the segment that we go after, uh, after uh, uh, researching uh, and thinking what's the best chances to succeed, uh, we made a decision to double down on real estate agent, which was a great 
decision for us. And since then, well, especially now, I mean, think about the real estate market; yeah. it's on fire. Yeah. So, and and in a way, it's it's an industry that recovered pretty fast. You know, March, mm. April was a disaster. All the agents went back home, no showing, uh, no listing, nobody is moving, nobody is selling houses. But then we saw an early indication in May that these guys are a strong segment and they are driven and they are in a business of relationship and they want to help mm -hmm. their customer to sell homes and move. Uh, so they become innovative about showing from remote and someone is walking with a camera and just do a showing or just uh, right. Zoom meetings. And we saw an early indication that this market uh, will recover the fastest. So tell me if they don't if they don't know formations or like for people like me who are, even though I'm a business owner, I'm still learning about taxes and you know, LLCs versus S-Corp. What, what is an S-Corp? And I guess give us the 101 that you're talking to, you know, a 10-year-old. So S-Corp, it's a form of a corporation that basically provide the customer five main benefits. One, it's a limited liability entity. You know, every S-Corp, it's an LLC. Not every LLC, it's an S-Corp. So S-Corporation, it's a federal election that converting your LLC to be a small corporation. So one, you get the limited liability protection and you bifurcate your personal life from your business. Second, there is an amazing tax savings because S-Corporation, it's not an entity that is human. It's actually, it's a corporate, which means S-Corp is not subject to self-employment taxes. Hmm. Self-employment taxes in the US, it's 15.3% on top of your federal and state tax. So in an S-corporation situation, you actually your self-employment taxes are zero. But because the IRS don't like a zero self-employment taxes, they ask you to take something called reasonable wage. They ask you to become an employee of your own business. Therefore, S-corp owners are forced to be a W-2 employees of their own business. Hmm. Now, when you become a W-2 employee, you remember we spoke 10 minutes ago about the fact that the world of tax and accounting is geared towards corporations. So now I have this corporate structure, S-Corp, the deal like a regular corporation, and the owner is actually a W-2 employee. And now there is a kind of a guideline or there is a playbook of how to run a W-2 employee. So what Formations is basically doing is bifurcate, you know, the personal, the individual from the corporation. We will manage the corporation. We will manage the individual. We will save you tax. We introduce you to corporate level benefits because now as a W-2 employee, way easy to consume 401k, HSA, FSA, health insurance, life insurance, all of these corporate perks that you can offer. Same as what Microsoft is offering its employees, you can offer yourself and your team. Um, and how do you do that? How do you do that? What? Like, how are you able to offer that? How are you able to um, give access to all of those perks? All of those perks are existing out there. You know, you just need to basically, again, people create, just don't know about just it. Just don't know about it. Again, it's the, think about again, the map, you know, the IRS code, the map that allow business owners to consume all of those benefits. This is how Microsoft is eligible to uh, uh, offer such benefit to all of the employees. But now, you know, as a small corporation, you're entitled to the same treat. And if you don't, you have to have a certain mass of employees or be part of a larger like. No, you can group. offer it. Actually, you know, you can offer it for yourself only. So the IRS supports what we call group of one, and this is the beauty about formations. Formations is going after what we call business of one. 
on mm-hmm. solopreneurs, self-employed people that doesn't want to employ uh, other people, doesn't want to grow to be a large corporation. They don't want to be an entity that has, you know, multi-state and locations, whatever. They just want to support themselves and their family. But what mm-hmm. we're teaching them, we're teaching them basically to treat their business like a business. And don't think about it like a hobby or like a sole prop or whatever. Think about it like a real business. And then what we see, once they think about it like a real business, we see the perception of them, you know, treating themselves like a real business. We see actually more business coming their way. Their way. Oh, of course. Talking about of branding course. and credibility and the way that they carry themselves, it just creates a, a magic. So for well, them, and they can even have more money. They can say like, okay, we saved all this money. We can put that toward more marketing. Exactly. Or we can just put it in our pocket exactly. if we want. Yeah. And so um, what's the actual business model? How does Formations make money? So Formations is a SaaS uh, uh, subscription model. So basically we charge our customer, you know, flat monthly fee. Uh, It can vary between the complexity. We have plans that start at $200 a month and all the way to $350 or $450 a month. And we provide you with all of the incorporation. So we will create the actual LLC S corporation for you. We'll connect you into a business banking. We will do all of the bookkeeping. We will do all of the payroll. We will do the quarterlies. Uh, we will do the taxes. We'll prepare and file your taxes and we'll give you an, an advice. So formations, it's a combination between technology that does what technology do, does best. You know, efficiency, speed, accuracy, uh, experience, you know, ease to use while we actually have human in the loop experts that can walk you through what you call insight and strategy. Actually, what mm-hmm. the numbers are telling you, and the biggest problem that self-employed is facing is they don't have visibility into the financials. Most of them are basically on autopilot for a year, don't know anything about how much the business is making, how much you make, how much you cash, how much is your profit, what is the disposable income, what is cash flow, how much I can take out. They have zero visibility into the financials, therefore they make poor decisions on their financials. What formations mm-hmm. allow you to, to see is your numbers on a daily, weekly, monthly basis And then our experts will not just help you to make a decision, we will be the partner in this game that will help you also to execute. Because we know that self-employed is not looking for another do-it-yourself software. They're not looking for TurboTax and and QuickBooks combination. They want some digital and and nice experience, but they want the expert that will help them to make decisions. Because Shona, you and I know that being a self-employed, so lonely. And so sometimes so stressful. And there's not so many people that we can ask, you know, an advice. And mm. everybody is a little bit different. But when you find the right partner that can, you know, walk with you into this hard decision and provide you some data, but also help you to make the decision and execute for you, I think it's a it's a big oh it's brilliant. I have a lot of friends who are real estate brokers that I want to tell about <laughs> formations and turn them onto the platform. But my question is, I'm pretty sure they already have many of the service offerings handled. So would they be a good target um, customer if they only need the tax part? No, formations is all or nothing because our all belief is that our playbook can only be executed if we own the annual journey, if we own every aspect of uh, cleaning the books organize the books, uh, setting the, the wages, the reasonable compensation, uh, determine the benefit and file the mm. tax. If they have an accountant, great. We will keep her, him as the personal consultant, which means he or she can do the 1040, which means if you be a formations customer, we will walk you through and execute everything on your business. And then we'll give you a K1 and W2 so you can go and deal with your 1040 with your long-term accountant or with Again, the, the person that's making, uh, uh, you have a relationship 
to, to do your taxes. So we can either replace, you know, end-to-end -end business and personal, or we will take care of everything on the business and you will stay with your personal taxes, with your accountant, but we, will, okay. we, will, we, will, we won't be able to break bookkeeping and tax and benefit and advice. Yeah. It's all included in this flat monthly fee. Okay, got it. And so are there mistakes that you're seeing most common that you're like, oh my gosh, I wish I could just like wear this on my forehead. Like don't do these three things um, when you're meeting people. And when one of them is like, I don't even know if this is true, but don't you have to take a certain salary yeah. or is there a certain target salary? As an S profession, you, you need to take salary. But what we see kind of the most common mistake, one, people are overexpensing. People think that by expensing in the business or deducting, they will reduce their tax liability. What they're basically doing, they're delusioning, they're, they're diluting basically their cash flow. They have a belief that before the end of the year, I need to expense all of those things to avoid the tax liability. You know, being in the right entity structure, like an S corporation versus sole prop, will save you $15,000 a year. $15,000 a year, bottom line. Which means if you're in a 30% tax, you need 50,000 expenses, 50,000 of expenses in 30% to get into, you know, $15,000 of, of tax savings. So you don't need to expense, you know, to save tax. Second, we don't see people basically thinking what we call profit first. Profit first is our concept about income minus your profit equal your expenses. People basically think the traditional way, income minus expenses equal your profit. But because your expenses are heavy, there's not much profit left. So what we teach them is to think about profit first. Same as what corporate America is doing. You are enrolled to a $200,000 wage with Microsoft, but you get only $3,000 in your pocket. Why? Because they're deducting taxes, Social Security, Medicare, 401k, HSA, FSA, benefit. This is what we want, what we want to teach self-employed. You're making so much mm. money, profit first. Put money into kids' funds, HSA, 401k. Take care of yourself first. And by doing that, your tax liability will reduce dramatically. And second, and, and third, the biggest mistake, self-employed don't ask why. Why I'm in, in, in that specific structure? Why I'm struggling with taxes? Why I'm struggling with cash flow? Why I'm not in, in, in understanding of what's going on in my business? And, and, and setting those goals, which mean I have a goal for a specific year and I want to address it. You know, I think this is the, the, the key to be successful. So don't overexpense. Think about profit first, take as much profit out of the business, 10, 20, 15, 30, whatever is the percentage that you, that you need to live on. And third, always challenge the status quo, always challenge the, the, the existence, always ask why and always create your own reality. And if you think about it, you know, just not on sales and marketing, also on your financials, you'll see an amazing results on the bottom line. I love it. Do you have competitors? We have one company out of San Francisco called Collective. And Collective speaks as corp. They're doing things a little bit different than us. Uh, the way that kind of they, they, they uh, think about the annual journey. Uh, but they're a valid competitor, uh, uh, great people, uh, good messaging. Um, and they help us in a way to spread uh, uh, the word uh, kind of around S-Corps. Um, they are going a little bit more on the freelance market. We are kind of more attacking professional services, uh, but collective, they are kind of main direct uh, S-Corp competitor. Interesting. And so tell me about partnerships. Are you able to do, are you able to partner? Like, for example, we use, we use Gusto 
Um, are you are you forming partnerships with other um, platforms? Yeah. So Inkfile is the uh, platform that we partner with to do all of the incorporations, and Zero is our accounting partner, and Gusto is our payroll partner, and CCH is our tax partner, uh, and we did. Uh, an amazing pilot with Windermere, actually, starting in May. Uh, so with uh, Obi, Jacoby, and uh, Laura mm-hmm. and their team um, to uh, serve their first uh, uh, Seattle-based agents and be kind of the education arm for agents, how to treat their business like a business. And this pilot is, is uh, still going really well. And we hope to expand it to kind of uh, uh, the whole Windermere presence over their all states. Um, but we're always about looking for channels. Uh, we have some interesting partnerships with Bank of America and Wells Fargo and Chase um, to enable a business owner to open bank accounts either online or we have a dedicated team in the banks that would make uh, the business banking opening easy on customers just because, again, opening a business bank account still in 2021, still a big hurdle. Yeah. This is incredible. I love it. So I'm guessing, and maybe this isn't true, but I'm going to make an assumption that the monthly subscription model, some of the pass-through can be savings on all these business relationships that you have on the back end, right? Like I'm paying every month to all of these different vendors. And so if I'm using you, can I cut out some of those payments and just, yeah. It almost like pays for itself. It seems like. So the flat fee for formations will get you, you know, the gusto zero, uh, uh, everything that you need, taxes. Uh, so you don't need, uh, in, in a way, any additional uh, uh, software. Yeah. So basically, we, we can replace your bookkeeper and your accountant in a box. Oh, I think it's incredible. I love yeah. it. There's no doubt in my mind that this business is going to continue to just completely crush it. I'm curious how you're looking at um, scaling your actual internal team. I know we've worked together on some roles and helped you find people, but um, how are you thinking about recruiting and attracting talent in this crazy market? I think it's about it's, it's an internal and external work. You know, so the external work is using fuel talent, and uh, uh, we're happy with. Uh, the relationship. I think I, I told you before, I've been working with many recruiters and I think your firm is, you know, a level above uh, both oh, the you. talent and uh, the experience. Uh, we're doing a lot of uh, kind of uh, team culture uh, kind of building and, and, and activities here to make sure that, that, that we can share the formation story um, and create a great vibe. I think that both Uri and I believe in, in, in a philosophy of, of people first and team first. So even mm-hmm. if we're in a, in a tax and accounting industry, you know, uh, people are not uh, working over right, hours. You can assume it's like dry, but you guys are definitely not yeah, dry. You're not it's, boring. It's, it's not dry. It's not boring. We're not. It's not back, it's office, not back energy. office energy. It's, 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 it's super uh, uh, vibrant and, and, and yeah. rainbow, you know, way more rainbow than, than gray. Uh, uh, we expect people to be, you know, dedicated, but we're not, you know, over hours during taxes and there's no 70 hours, you know, taxes in here. Therefore, we'd be able to attract CPA and accountants to work on something a little bit different within the industry, but, you know, more technology, technology. Super, and yeah, more current yeah. and more, more innovative. Yeah. Um, so I just want to read your operating principles because I love them. 
Um, and I thought that this would be something interesting if people, if anyone is listening and is thinking about working at formations, like this made me want to work there. So it says work like you own the place. I love that. Earn trust every day, make it simple, be positive, stay positive, results matter, use intuition, seek evidence, don't be a superhero, show up. This is just, it's very reflective of you, by the way. It's very like bottom line, net, net. Here's, here's the deal. Come here, work here. This is what yeah. happens. But like, who wouldn't want to work in this type of environment? If you could just know that this was a great, um, you know, way of operating in a business, you're going to vet out people who don't play by these rules. And I think that on top of kind of us, you know, good human, I think our mission is really, uh, easy to kind of to resonate with you know we are here to mm -hmm. help real people my people yeah. our people uh it's not again the the the, the wealthy five million dollar amazon employee you know that uh help him to save another hundred thousand dollar this is people that really every dollar you know count in their overall financial well-being so i think that the mission about dealing with real people and helping real people and showing mm -hmm. an immediate result again for me i'm a cookie monster you know the, the reason i love uh, uh, taxes because I don't want to delay gratifications, you know, and, 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 and taxes is something that you can show the, the, the difference immediately. You'll bring me your tax return, you know, on, on March 14, I can fix it that in March 15, you'll file something which will save you 10, 15, $20,000, you know, so, so this immediate result and immediate impact on people, again, this is the, the best reward uh, that you can just uh, uh, live by and, and i think that again the mission about helping people to think about profit first to put money into retirement to think about you know right. a rainy day is just so rewarding and when you see people basically moving and actually you're changing yeah. lives yeah. it goes back to your childhood when you said you're just like the people 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 that that's, that word has come up so many times and i'm the same way and recruiting can be very fulfilling too because you're changing lives like the trajectory of somebody's career gets changed or the trajectory of somebody's business gets changed. Yep. It's so rewarding versus just kind of selling a widget. And I know that when I've talked to you about like selling, your first reaction was much more about informing and less about selling. Yep. Like, let me try to educate. And I loved going on your website. I learned because there was some all your blog posts and the videos of just kind of educating um, made it uh, digestible because it's for me a little bit of a subject that I'm like, ah, that's not me. I don't want to deal with that. And the way that you guys have um, written it, I don't know who your marketer is or if you're right, who's writing, but it's very easy to understand and to consume. So I think that from, I, I think really early on, I identified that give, 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 allow you one day to take, you know, and yeah. um, giving knowledge and allow people to understand and giving them time and space and really attention and connections. I think that what I found out, and Uri is laughing at me that, you know, with, with two emails, I can get to anybody in the world, which actually is serving me now. You know, I'm using LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my Bible. And I found LinkedIn super useful. And I encourage yeah. every person of my team to be on LinkedIn, to be, you know, yeah, LinkedIn's yeah, great. to be up to date on LinkedIn, to connect of your customers to vendors to ecosystem and by giving 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 you know connections and introductions and 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 just be there for people to to vent or or just to um, again get an advice at the end of the day yeah. you feel more comfortable either to ask or by nature they come and give you back a hundred percent 
I think sometimes that's just intuitive. I don't even think that's something like I obviously tell my team that, but I think it's also just intuitive. Like if it's just who you are, you're a giver by nature and that's who you are, it does come back. It just comes back organically and people are so happy to open up introductions or, or doors of any sort. Um, I know I am. So anyone that you know that I can introduce you to, I'm always, of course, happy and to I think from, from the um, part of, of the formations team, we are hiring very young you know, age, uh, kind of, you know, uh, most of out of college, you know, first job uh, people. And the idea is that as we continue to educate our team, you know, uh, our customers, we continue to educate the team. And if we can give these young people a foundation of understanding how the financial landscape works, I'm sure there will be better people in, in future oh, of the world. Yeah. What a gift. Yeah. So what are the long-term plans for the business? So we're in the middle of raising an A round now. Um, so we've been very successful in the last 18 months since we went out of stealth in March of 2020. We have great results. Uh, we want to raise money uh, now. And you're raising venture? We're raising, we are, we are like... raising venture. Again, venture, family office. We are um, trying, you know, different directions. Um, so we just started last week. And overall, we have great traction and interest. Um, and the idea is to continue to develop the team. We want to be the platform of choice for self-employed. We want to be what Trinet and what PEO, what basically professional employee organization is doing for business of five and startups and giving them this umbrella of services and umbrella of benefits. We want to be, the, we call it the PSEO, the professional self-employed organization for self-employed. We want to be the umbrella of those self-employed so there will be someone out there that is taking care for them, for fees, for benefits, to negotiate for them, health insurance, banking, credit card, uh, everything that they need in their professional back office financial life. I want them to find a solution informations. So uh, we, want, we want to hug them. We want to group them. We want them to never be alone. We want them to be part of a community that continue to contribute to the world as a segment that continue to grow. You know, we're talking about probably, I know, huge numbers, 20, uh, 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 probably 50% of the workforce will be uh, uh, self-employed in some nature by 2027. Oh so you're yeah. talking five years from now, you're talking about a huge segment of the market that will have some supplemental income or full-time job uh, as a self-employed. We want all of those people to be protected, efficient, secure, happy. Uh, don't think about their finance. Just, you know, just, just act on, 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 uh, on, on, their, uh, on their financials. And again, we want to help them to save more money, to be more successful. I love it. You're going to continue to crush it. I'm wishing you all of the success in the world. My final question for you is what fuels you? I guess, I think I can guess, but... What's your fuel that gets you out of bed besides your email? Um, I think that Ortal is definitely an energizer. I think uh, she's uh, a huge supporter and a cheerleader, both of you know myself and and uh, and formations. So I think we have this uh, relationship that we push each other. Uh, every morning to just be the best. Um, and I think that the mission that we have at the moment uh, to help other people to navigate the complexity of finance, I think this is what drives me. Uh, I won't stop until we hit 100,000 people, 200,000 200, people, 300,000 people that will say, hey, you know, 
formations change my life. Uh, so starting in the morning, I think I get the boost, you know, directly out of bed, you know, internally in the, in the house. <laughs> and then I'm getting to the office. I think it's the environment here and our mission what keep me on, on going. Thank you for listening to the What Fuels You podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, and follow us on social media to keep up with the latest news and episodes. You can also contact us at podcast at fueltalent.com to provide feedback, ask questions, and share topics or guests you would like us to cover in the future. We hope you feel inspired by our guests and that we have helped fuel your day. Join us next time for another episode of What Fuels You. Thank you.